Sutra 39 From the cloud of Dharma, all afflictions and karma cease. When we go through death, we learn something about life. It is only when we touch the absolute bottom of darkness that we understand the pure excellence of the light. How lucky are we today? Will tomorrow be the day we never live to see? Thank you, God, for this moment, this life, this mind, and this body. My life is far from perfect, but this thread is just right. Thank you, God, for granting me the opportunity to wake up, to write, and to live this life. I may not have much, but I have more than most. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Mother. And thank you, Great Spirit and Holy Ghost. Thank you, family. Thank you, friends. Thank you for this moment, because after this moment passes, it's a moment we'll never get again. Did I choose this life, or did life happen to come to me? May we live in gratitude for all our days, for the great intelligence of the universe gives each of us a unique opportunity. Thank you, sun, and thank you, moon. Thank you, world, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for watching over us when we feel most alone. This life isn't what I thought it would be, nor would I push the weight of any burden to anyone else. Thank you, God of totality, that you give us clues to discover the seer within, which is our higher self. Thank you for the lessons. Thank you for both the joy and the pain. Thank you for the flowers, the forests, and the trees that find a way to bloom, all because of the rain. Thank you for the seasons. Thank you for our breath. Thank you for the strength you've allowed us to discover when we faced life's greatest tests. Thank you for knowledge and wisdom. Thank you for poise and equanimity. Thank you for being there for me when I almost quit. Thank you for the moments of peace and serenity. As I'm a curious human creature, always wondering about what might be next, thank you for leading me into this precious moment that allows me to take the next step. And as I grow older, I want to thank you for my childhood and all the memories. Thank you for all the signs I needed when I was lost that only a loving God could have sent me. I can, of my own self, do nothing. For by our own power, we do nothing. Even in loving, it is you, God, who are loving. To the Ancient of Days, whose rays shine bright like a morning star to illuminate the earth, may you also illuminate our hearts so that we can do your work. Thank you for our health, as it will not always be here. And someday, when we find ourselves face to face with the Lord of Death, may he be gentle with us as we face death's final fear. Thank you for life's vibrance, vitality, and creativity. Thank you for allowing my body, mind, and spirit to be alive. And when it's time to pass on, may you hold our hands and walk us home when we take our last breath as we die. And when it's time to let go, may we turn the last page of our story with ease. I humbly bow to you. Thank you, God, for trusting in me. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.
When the weight of the world is upon us and it feels like we're ready to burst, may we remember that every person, animal, plant, and living being is also connected to the same pain that hurts. The greatest teachers have been burned more times than us young ones could ever imagine. The veterans and soldiers of war have faced more demons and darkness than many of us could ever imagine. Every person gets pushed to the limit. The journey gets lonesome and cold. But day by day, may we walk with love. May we continue forward and grow. When it comes to suffering, pain doesn't discriminate based on our creed, color, or belief. It doesn't ask permission if you're ready to endure it, but rather it comes in the darkest part of the night like a sly and unsuspecting thief. Right when you least expect it, the Lord of Death comes out from a dark tunnel and appears, taking everything in an instant while we have no choice but to confront and face the fear. Despair squeezes us from all sides. Grief holds us down with the weight of an entire ocean. And so what do you do when there is no cure to solve this pain, when there is no escape route or magic potion? Nothing. There is nothing to do when death comes. Battle as you might. But as death descends, the heartbeat slows, the blood stops, and we release our sight. When there's nowhere to run, nowhere to go, and when we have nothing left, we must enter into the divine stream where all spirits flow. No house and no cars, no money or fame, we flow in the current of Shiva Shakti where all souls are the same. Don't be afraid, just let go and flow. This river is peace and divinity, and we discover we were only a thread of life being sown. Have faith, journey along, but if you don't know, this path is long. We'll get past the sorrow that's been keeping you low, so grow, 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 even if you're on your own, even if you can't find your way, even if the journey is so cold, believe in what goes beyond death. I know that you will grow, day by day, and if you walk with love, you'll never be among strangers. Death may take everything, but there is no danger. Right when we think we've got nothing left, we open our spiritual eyes, and there we see her. Believing in yourself may be the most important thing in life, because if you don't believe in yourself, who else will believe in you? Know that you can do anything, and if anyone challenges that, you tell them the Divine Mother said you can do it, said the Bumi. What? What is this? Wherever you are, be all there, she said. What happened? You've died, she said. But how and why? A work of art doesn't have to be explained. If you say, what does this mean? Well, if you do not have any feelings about it, then I cannot explain it to you. If this doesn't touch you, then there's nothing more I can do, she said. I guess art and life are a lot alike. You won't always understand it, but at least you'll know it's beautiful. Oh, Divine Mother, you must forgive me if I've ever failed you. You have not failed me, nor the cats, nor anyone. What you have done is brought us face to face with all we could have ever dreamed to be. When the world lost sight of me, 
you came forward and reminded them what they alone could not see. Even with a great sword, it was not so easy. But no one said it was easy. It is simple. We give everything we have to our duty, and we will discover what is truly essential. Our lives are all different. There is nothing completely perfect here. But it is the imperfections of life that makes each of us and our life's work interesting. Isn't it just fascinating to go beyond fear? She said. I think I'm in shock. We've gone through so much together, and the journey has taken all I could offer. And it turns out it was enough. From that samadhi of the cloud of dharma, all afflictions and karma cease. Then all the coverings and impurities of knowledge are totally removed. Because of the infinity of this knowledge, what remains to be known is almost nothing. The force of creation, which are called the gunas, terminate their sequence of transformations because they have fulfilled their purpose. The sequence means an uninterrupted succession of moments, which can be recognized at the end of transformations. Thus, the supreme state of independence manifests while the gunas reabsorb themselves into nature, having no more purpose to serve over the higher self, or if we look from another angle, the power of pure consciousness settles into its own pure nature, said the Bhumi. As we gazed up at the great cloud of Dharma, there the rest of the Bhumis were set free. It was their world now, and so all the creatures, plants, children, animals, man, and women would be sovereign and free. No longer would the brass door be sealed. It was now time for this world to heal, and so the great flaming sword appeared like a mirror to uncover all the secrets and wisdom that was meant to be revealed. Yes, a time to heal, but it had taken us through such an ordeal. For so long the humans thought they ruled this world, but now they were aware of the truth after the chamber around the heart broke open to unleash what had once been concealed. God is real. It's all very surreal, I told her. The luminous energy that flows can be thought of as the software that instructs your DNA, the hardware to repair your body. It does this through your brain and nervous system, and the chakras, or energy centers in the body, she said. And there, at the base of the pyramid called Kailash, we rode Windhorse down to unite with the two little cats. Mr. Kismet and Forgiveness had been waiting, while the wish-fulfilling jewel rested upon Windhorse's back. Have I failed you? No, we have prevailed, Forgiveness spoke. The details of the ten boomies are definite, but the journey is guesswork. Some people stay in a certain boomy longer, and others pass through quickly, particularly up to the eighth boomy. The journey is very slow, because the first seven boomies are impure. The boomies from the eighth on are called pure boomies, and you advance much more quickly, because psychological time is less strained. You go faster, but for most people, the experience of the Bhumis is an extremely gradual process. Nonetheless, enlightenment is possible, and traditionally, one tends to get certain warnings of that possibility. Although the path of a guardian can be divided into levels, you cannot really distinguish exactly where you are within each Bhumi. However, as a person goes through the Bhumis, 
there is a very slow and ordinary, almost insignificant change, because you only become aware of that change when you look back at what was, rather than by what you see at any one point. You might feel the boomies are on a level of storytelling, but even if you are only a beginner, you can still experience how they work. On the other hand, you might feel that you already have some experience of the boomies, but that does not mean you have overcome the shackles of the kleshas or poisons, or that you actually have achieved realization. Nonetheless, things are happening constantly, even at an ordinary person's level, let alone the guardian's level. In this great vehicle, enormous suggestions of Vajrayana begin to happen, which is the tantric path. Although it may feel as if the whole path is programmed, there is the possibility of joy. Such joy is the vanguard of the Mahasukha, or Great Bliss, described in the Tantras. The more you develop on the path, the more you have such warnings or vanguards. The Vajrayana approach to the Bhumis is that you could achieve Buddhahood on the spot, and at the same time, you have to go through a process. But that process is not so drastic. You may not have to change your behavioral patterns or your physical shape, and you don't have to glow with light or perform miracles. The Bhumis represent an extension of the human condition, so you can actually do it. Buddha nature, or the awakened nature, is possible. It is not just possible, it is so, said forgiveness. And so I recalled sitting with my teachers at the base of Kailash, looking up at the pinnacle. I was curious if such guardians were just mythical people. I remember forgiveness saying that you can get a glimpse of the tenth Bhumi when you are on the first Bhumi. He said that even if you are on the path of accumulation, you get an occasional glimpse. But those glimpses are not a sign that you have actually reached that state. As a beginner, we may find such glimpses reassuring. We could identify them from our own experience. But that does not mean that we are at that level. You must not get carried away. However, once you join the path, the attainment of enlightenment is becoming a strong possibility. As ordinary people, or potential guardians, the way to work on the Bhumis is by practicing the Paramitas, or transcendental virtues. For instance, whenever any stinginess comes up, you do the opposite, you are generous. For impatience, you have patience. For laziness, you have exertion. For distraction, you do meditation. And if you feel stupid, you practice and seek prajna or wisdom. But the opposite of the paramitas are not regarded as pitfalls. Instead, those seeming pitfalls are regarded as reminders that come from working with reality. They act as messengers. In fact, there are no pitfalls. There is only the continual growth. It is like aging. You can never return to being 16 years old, and you cannot suddenly regress to age 1. In general, you try to practice whatever is called for by the situation. Paramita practice is like military training, in which you pretend to be attacked by somebody in a tropical area, and then you pretend to be attacked in the mountains or in a city. So rather than seeing the paramitas as a linear development, which becomes very limited, you try to apply all of them at once. A guardian evolves in this way. It is not a question of deliberate, conscious effort, but it becomes very natural. Guardians do not have to check on their notes.
Each time you go up to the next level of the path, there is a common person level and a professional level. By common person, I am not simply referring to someone who is a monk or a nun, not at all. Basically, I believe that anyone who has taken refuge and the Bodhisattva vow is no longer a common person. When practice is no longer just a part-time job, it becomes real practice, and a person ceases to be a common person. So a professional is somebody whose life is involved full-time with the practice. The distinction between a common person and a professional is very subtle. The more sane you are and the less distracted, the more professional you become. On the Bodhisattva path, you are constantly being helped by spiritual friends, like myself, Mr. Kismet, Cicero, the Kitten, the Yogini, or your Guru and Guide. So the journey is no longer one short journey made by one individual. From the time you take refuge, you are relating with a spiritual friend. So the path is a mutual journey between yourself and the teacher. The Buddha was very clever. He realized that physical manifestations are very tricky and can be easily faked. So he did not say that as you progress on the path, your face will be glowing or you will perform miracles. He never mentioned such things. Instead, the Buddha talked about psychological development. And in this psychological development on the path, you have spiritual friends working along with you all the time. Someone at the level of the seventh Bhumi no longer needs the spiritual friend's heavy-handed approach. But until you reach the tenth Bhumi level, you still need the watchful eye of the spiritual friend. The body of bliss will take over from there. The teachings describe the process of sickness and recovery rather than treatment, which is very good. It is a fantastic approach in that there is no possibility of following the whole thing completely and totally by yourself. No possibility of latching on to spiritual materialism. The whole thing is so beautifully worked out and it was thought of 2600 years ago, said forgiveness. But forgiveness, I am dead. I have nothing left. Who will look after you and Mr. Kismet? Should we tell him? Chuckled Mr. Kismet. Death is a myth, said forgiveness. What do you mean? You died when the story started, and today marks the 48th day since it began. Rebirth can take up to 49 days. Time for a new life, my man, Mr. Kismet winked.